yeah, 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 yeah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time. Amen. For the ministry of the sounds of the tabernacle. But most of all, that our Savior was raised from the dead on the third day morning. He got up with all power in heaven and earth in his hands. All the people died and they're still in the grave. You can find their bones if they were not uh, uh, incinerated. But Jesus! Woo! Yeah. Glory to God. He got up. And an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Yeah. In the book of St. Mark, Chapter 16. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Ah, I'm glad I serve a risen Savior. Mm. And not just today, but every day. Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse number one reads, and reading through verse eight. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought bought spices that they may come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they, was, uh, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. I, I want to I wanna talk this morning uh, just a little bit about implications of the resurrection for me. So I ain't talking about you this morning. I'm talking about for me. Amen? If you, now I'm talking about you. If you seek Jesus. If you seek Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the resurrection. Thank you for all that you did for us in raising Jesus from the dead.
and for this time that we celebrate, we observe and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for all that the resurrection means to every believer and potentially for the world. Thank you, Lord. For this preaching moment now, grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might minister under your anointing. Through your anointing, yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Implications of the resurrection for me. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. Reflecting, reflecting upon the scriptures about the resurrection, the Lord led me to share some thoughts with you that he pointed out to me as I read the different accounts and reflected. Of course, this is not the first time I read them. Amen. I guess I would say about 60, 55 years of my life I've been reading these accounts of the, of the resurrection. Amen. Because I remember as a little boy sitting in church and Easter was a wonderful day. Amen. Of course, people would dress up in their Easter outfits. You know, this was the time of year when we got a new suit or a new dress. And we had to save it until revival meeting to big sun, uh, to, to, to uh, uh, oh Lord, it's been so long, I forgot. So now, you know, when you forget tradition, it was called a big Sunday. Anyway, homecoming. Save your new suit. You didn't wear it. But then I will remember the preaching. I will remember the preaching on Easter. And it was always a wonderful message about the death and the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, you know, I didn't start reading these scriptures yesterday. But it's good to reflect over and over and over and over again about what the Lord did for us in the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as I was reflecting the other day and throughout this week, one of the scriptures that the Lord took me to was not actually in Matthew, it was in the book of Hebrews, and I'll mention it later on, where it talked about it was fitting for Christ to suffer and die, uh, because he brought many sons to glory. And I'll talk about that in just a few moments. But, you know, looking at the scripture and, you know, for those who may not necessarily be in the scriptures like, they, like you should, amen, and maybe for some of our children, we need to just talk about a few things that will help us out because this is a very significant day in the life of the Christian faith, amen. For without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no Christian faith. There's no reason for us to come together any Sunday and worship God. Amen. Amen. No reason at all. But, but because God sent Jesus into this world and, and Jesus, as, as the perpetuation, the Bible says, for our sins, as the, the place that we find mercy, amen, before God for our sins, because all of us have sinned and all of us have fallen short of the glory of God and, 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 and divine justice requires that we die. It requires death for sin. The soul that sins shall surely die. Amen. Has anybody in here never sinned? Amen. So then we deserve death for our sins. Amen. But Jesus died in your place and my place. 
You know, the significance of the resurrection is that all of these prophecies has been made about the Messiah coming into the world. And, 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 and so the validity, the, the resurrection proves to us as prophecy is fulfilled that first of all, God is who he says he is and that Jesus is truly the Messiah. Amen. When they went to the tomb that morning after they had crucified Jesus on the cross and, and Joseph of Arimathea had, had begged for his body that he may bury him before the starting of the, of, 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 um, of, of the Sabbath, that he would bury the body of Jesus, that Jesus would not be left hanging on the cross because it was a Roman custom that when they crucified a person, they would leave them hanging on the cross to rot, amen, uh, or for birds to come and eat their flesh as they hung on the cross. But, but, but the Bible prophesied that Jesus would not see corruption, amen. That his body would not decay, his body would not rot. Amen. So Joseph begged his body, buried him in his new tomb. And on the third day, amen, amen, God raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. You got to count the days right. Amen. You got to count the days right. So for the Jews, amen, amen, a day started at 6 p.m. one day and ended at 6 p.m. the next day. So they buried, they, Jesus was crucified on Thursday. Amen. He was in the tomb Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. On the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. Amen. Count your days correctly. I hope I counted them correctly right then and there. Amen. All right? So you count your days because you get, you get all of this stuff in the world today because people always view Scripture from their own perspective and don't go back and study and get, and, and get the background Scriptures. So, you know, when you're counting from it, but when you count the days correctly, amen, they add up. So he's in the tomb all night. Hey, but his body didn't see corruption. And early Sunday morning, amen. And some people say we ought to be worshiping on Saturday because Saturday is the Sabbath. Well, I'm not Jewish. And I celebrate the resurrection of my Savior and my Lord Jesus Christ. And I worship on Sunday because this is what we call the Lord's Day and the day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't try to argue with people if you don't know how to argue with them. Just tell them, go on and do what you're doing, but I'm going to do what I know is right until I find out better. Amen. An empty tomb. An empty tomb. I mean, when they went in the tomb, they found the grave clothes laying to the side. And they did not find a body. And they even lied. They, when they, they came back, when the soldiers came back to the authorities and said that Jesus had been raised from the dead, and, and, and so they told a lie, and they paid the men to say that the disciples had come and stolen his body away. But we know the truth. We know the truth. Jesus was raised from the dead. Amen. Amen. That wasn't in my reflection, but I just thought I'd share that with you this morning. Amen. Yeah. So as I was reflecting, the Lord began to deal with me about understanding, understanding the things that, uh, that are revealed in his word about this, 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 this magnificent, this life-changing event, amen, so that our lives can be more like he desires for them to be. And true enough, we are a work in progress, amen? I don't think anybody in here has made it, Amen. I think we're all a work in progress. Amen. But as I began to look at this passage of scripture, and so that I won't be too long this morning, and, and look at the women, Mary Magdalene, Mary and Salome, and I think and, 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 and Luke's gospel, it, mem, it mentions Joanna and the other women that were with him. They go to the tomb that morning. 
All right, Jesus has been taken down from the cross because uh, uh, it was a quick type thing because they didn't want him to be hanging on the cross for the Sabbath. So they didn't have time to give him the proper burial ritual. So they go early in the morning with the spices, amen, to give him the proper of the traditional burial treatment. Amen? Amen. And and as they get there that morning, uh, they don't find what they're looking for. Amen. They go looking for a body, but they don't find a body. They go looking, saying, who will roll the stone away? But the stone has already been rolled away, and they meet an angel at the entrance of the tomb. Amen. And the angel says to them, and I got two passages of scripture in my, in my head, so I'm going to read this uh, as it says in Mark. Amen. Uh, they said to them, uh, you see Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where he laid. And so they, were, they, they went looking for a body, but they don't find the body. They find the grave clothes. They find the place where he was laying, but there is nobody. They were seeking Jesus in the tomb, but they didn't find him. And in the account in Luke that we read earlier, the angel asked the question, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Now, this is where where, where the Lord just began to minister to me all over again. Okay? Because... They were seeking Jesus, but he was not there. He had been raised from the dead. God had raised him from the dead. So what does that mean? If God has raised Jesus from the dead, and what are the implications of that for me? I don't know about for you today. I'm going to talk about me, all right? Because Jesus has been raised from the dead, That means that Satan's plot did not work. Amen. Amen. Satan had planned to crucify Jesus. Satan's plan was to thwart God's plan for the salvation of the world. For the salvation of people, he was to, he, his plan was to stop all of this. The Bible says that if the rulers, the princes of this world had known what God was doing in Jesus, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But they didn't know. Amen. Satan may be the knowing one, but he's not the all-knowing one. Amen. We got to understand that Satan sees, but he's not the all-seeing one. Amen. He sees a whole lot of stuff in this world. He knows a whole lot of things. Amen. That he can that he can pick up from what he sees, but he doesn't know everything. God kept things with hidden from the eyes. Amen. Of those who would try to stop this plan, Satan was not privy to what God was doing in Jesus. So what Satan thought he had accomplished in Jesus's death did not come to pass. Satan thought he had stopped what God was doing, but he really only facilitated what God was doing. Amen? His plot did not work. So if his plot didn't work against Jesus, what does that mean for me? As I was, and you know where I'm going. Amen? If it didn't work against Jesus, it won't work against me. Can I get somebody to say hallelujah? Amen. If Satan's plot did not work against Jesus, it did not, it will not, it cannot work against me. It will not, it cannot work against you. Hallelujah. 
Do you think the devil is plotting against you? Every day that you live, Satan is plotting against you. Amen. His plan is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. And when he thinks he's won, you see people, you see people in this life who've given up on life. Listen to me good. Amen. You see people who are down and depressed. You see people who think that God cannot forgive them for their sins or of their sins. You see people who are downtrodden and they have no hope and they have no, that is Satan's plan to get you to a place where you don't even look to God for the help that you need. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Amen. Satan wants to get you to the place where you think that there's nothing left for you but to die and be buried or begin your decomposition. You know, he wants to get you in a tomb. He wants to get you in a, in a deep, dark place where there is no hope, where you can't see the light of day. Oh my goodness, have you ever met anybody who said, you know, I just don't know, I can't see, I can't see tomorrow, I don't see any hope, I don't see any help. I've tried everything I know to try, and there's no help. Things are going bad, and they keep on going bad, and I don't understand why things are going the way that they're going, and, and they begin to talk about, you know, I didn't ask for this, you know, and all of this stuff is going on in their lives, and what's happening is Satan's plan is working against them. Mm. You feel locked up. You feel closed in. You feel like you're in a dark place. And the only thing that would seem to be left for you is to rot in your depression. To rot in your loneliness. To rot in your financial poverty. To rot in your state of lostness. Amen. He wants you to be like Judas. Judas betrayed Jesus and Judas committed suicide. There are people who don't commit physical suicide, but they commit spiritual suicide. Yeah, they, they, they turn their backs on Jesus. Amen. They, they, don't, they don't get to the place where they can seek him for help and for hope. Amen. They don't see any way out. Amen. Judas could not imagine that the Savior, listen to me, Judas could not imagine that the Savior, that the Lord, that the Master, amen, that the Messiah, that the Anointed One would, would have loved him, the one who loved them until the end. He could not imagine that, that, that the Lord could forgive him so he committed suicide saints that's where God that's where Satan intends for you to get to if you're ever going through some deep dark places maybe everybody with the way we're rejoicing this morning none of us are here just make sure your rejoicing is real don't just rejoice over the song don't just get excited over the music. Amen. Get excited over your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Realize, realize, you know, realize what Satan comes to do. And most of us can quote that scripture. Amen. I can start the scripture off and, some, and our teenagers will finish that scripture. But it's not enough to know the scripture. Amen. It is not enough just to know it. You got to utilize this word in the midst of what you're going through. In the midst of your dark places, you got to know that this is a plot of the enemy. And he intends to kill me. He intends to destroy me. 
You got to know that. He intends to steal from me. But, oh, bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. You know, we said all the time, Judas could have repented. If Peter could deny Jesus and be forgiven, Judas could have repented and be forgiven, been forgiven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So even on the day of Pentecost, when Peter is preaching, if you pay attention to the words that Peter says to those people uh, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, in verse 23, as Peter's preaching to them, Jesus, Peter says, this Jesus delivered up according to the, according to the uh, definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hand of lawless men. God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And then they asked Peter the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? The answer was repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Would not the same privilege have been granted to Judas? The same privilege would have been granted to Jesus, to Judas. So, so what we have to understand is, regardless of what we've done, and some of us have done some wicked things, some of us have done some shameful things, some of us have denied Jesus, if not with our mouths, but with our actions, and with our lifestyles after we've accepted Jesus our Savior and Lord. Amen. Some of us have betrayed Jesus. We've lied. We've stolen. We've killed. We've committed fornication. We've committed adultery and many other things. But Jesus, he'll forgive you. He'll forgive you. He'll forgive you of your sins. Yeah, if you seek him. Jesus will restore you if you seek him. Those women went to the grave that morning looking for Jesus. Who are you looking for this morning? Who do you seek every day? You know, part of the problem with people in this world today is that we don't seek Jesus every day. We seek somebody else. We seek something else, amen? In the midst of the things that we go through, we are seeking the wrong things. But Jesus will deliver you, amen? He'll loose you from your grave clothes. Oh, yes, he will. He'll roll that stone away from your death chamber. Mm. He'll turn off the gas. My goodness. He'll turn off the electricity. Glory to God. He'll stop the executioners. Glory to God. He'll take the poison out of the death serum just for you. That's why I came to the earth. That's why I came to, that's why he died. That's the reason God raised him from the dead. He came to set the captives free. He came to set at liberty those that are bruised, 
Paul picked up on this in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13. Following, he said, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he's made alive together with him. I thank God for making me alive together with him. Having forgiven you of your, all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, amen, that was against you, glory to God, which was contrary to us, and he's taken them out of the way. Glory to God. Having nailed them to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. He did it for you, and he did it for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is important, saints. Listen to me good. This is important. And you got to see this for yourself. We live in a world where people don't forget stuff. We live in a world where the devil will use people to bring up your past. We live in a world where people don't want to forgive. Or they feel like you got to pay for your sins. Oh, God. You gotta, you, you, that's why I thank God for Jesus. Don't you know Jesus has paid for your sins? He's paid the price that you couldn't pay. Why y'all get quiet on me? Oh, the implications of the resurrection. And as we live from day to day, we've got to know what Jesus has done for us. Which leads me into my second point. As I was reflecting on this thing, as I was reflecting on these scriptures, the Holy Spirit spoke to me from the text and, 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 and talked to me about what Jesus did, uh, what happened for Jesus and what he did for his disciples. And it doesn't say it necessarily in the text, but you, you just got to read into the text here according to the scriptures. Amen? Uh, because when, 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 they, when they left the tomb, when they said, uh, when the angel told him that Jesus was not here, that, that he is risen. Yeah, yeah. See the place where he lay. He is risen. See the place where he lay. And you think about his crucifixion. Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of the living God, taking the shame of your sin and my sin upon himself on the cross. But, but on that morning, glory to God, when God raised him from the dead, and the testimony is, he is not here. He is risen just as he said. Glory to God. It took the shame away. It took the shame away. Anybody ever been ashamed? See, the problem is folk today don't want to be ashamed. Mm. You do your mess and you ain't shame of your mess. And you don't want the church to say nothing about your mess that you're in. Because everybody want a glory in mess. And it's just mess. Somebody says mess. Say, say it's just mess. But you got to be shame of your sin. You got to be shame of your mess. You got to be shame of your children's mess. You just got to. But Jesus died and rose again to take the shame away. Ooh. 
crucifixion. The Bible says, cursed is he who dies on the tree. Cursed is the one that died. It was a shame. And then bearing the sins of humanity. Sin is shameful. Somebody say sin is shameful. No sense in us going around acting like sin is all right because it's not all right. Amen. And when the church gets back to dealing with shame, maybe people will live better. It's not a matter of nobody condemning you. You judge yourself. You condemn yourself. You judge yourself. You ought to get yourself right. Amen. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah. So Jesus dies on this cross, a common murderer, like a common murderer. Amen. He's crucified. Amen. The worst death that you can die, reserved for criminals. And Jesus is no criminal. And he's hanging there on the cross between two murderers. Shameful. Hideous. Hallelujah. But when God raised him from the dead, it took the shame away. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has been set down at the right hand of God. Uh, he took the shame, it took the shame away because God proved that he was who he said he was. Yeah, if Jesus had just died, then we would still be talking about the shameful death that he died and how shameful it was, even his disciples who followed him. His disciples, amen, who later on, amen, or, or before I go to later on, who were accused of following a dead man. For those three days, they, they, were, they were hidden. They, they didn't know what to think, amen, amen. And, 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 and their master had been crucified, amen, and, 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 and they were feeling the shame of, 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 of believing that he was going to be the, the one that would, that would restore amen, uh, Jewish rule and deliver them from the Roman government but now he's dead but he's been raised from the dead it took the shame away Ooh. hallelujah hallelujah Hebrews 2 and 10 says, but we seek Jesus. We see Jesus. Do you see Jesus today? We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. He died for you, but he's been now crowned with glory and honor. The one who was crucified, the one who died the, the, the shameful death, has now been crowned with glory and honor. He's now our King of kings and our Lord of all. For it was written, for it was fitting for him, for whom all things, uh, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So yes, Jesus died in shame, but in his resurrection, he was crowned with glory and honor. As I said, he's now king of kings and he's now lord of lords. And he did it not only for his own glory, but he did it to bring you and me to glory. 
I don't know about you, but I confess that I was a sinner. Admitted I was a low-down, dirty, wretched sinner. Uh, hallelujah. But when I placed my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary, he took my sins away. And not only did he take my sins away, he took my shame away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you know what? I don't have to worry about what people think about me. Jesus took my shame away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not what people know. It's what God knows. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. And it's what God declares that's so important for us today. You might remember your past, somebody else's past, even my past. But when God looks at us through Jesus Christ, he sees a blood-bought, a blood-washed son or daughter, amen, who has received the glory of salvation. Hallelujah. And the first fruits of eternal life. God does not look at a wretched sinner. God looks at somebody that's been saved. Hallelujah. Been washed in the blood of the Lamb. God looks at now his righteous sons and his righteous daughters. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah in this house. Amen. We've been transferred from the power of darkness. Hallelujah. And we've been translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. Hallelujah. And now we're waiting on the final glory. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I say? I said now we're waiting on the final glory. Hallelujah. The glory that comes when he crowns Hallelujah, with us with the crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, has prepared for us. Amen. And not only us, but all who believe in his name. For Jesus is coming back again. Hallelujah. He's coming back again. He's coming to receive his own unto himself. He's coming to receive those who receive the first fruits of eternal life. And now we'll be able to live with him eternally in heaven. The world will say, we don't deserve it. But it's not what the world says. It's what God says that makes all of the difference in the world. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has taken our shame away. Jesus has washed us in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. In his own precious blood. Hallelujah. You've got to see yourself, amen, as a blood-bought, a blood-washed, a sanctified, hallelujah, Holy Ghost-filled son and daughter of God. You've got to see what God has done for you. Don't walk around with your head hung down. If you've been born again, lift up your head. Hallelujah. Bible says, lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. He wants to come into your life. He wants to come into your situation. But you got to see Jesus. And you got to seek Jesus. And you got to see what he's done for you. You got to see what he's brought you from. And what he's brought you out of. You got to see that you've got a new name. You got to see that you've got a new destination. You got to see you got a new reputation. Because of what God did for you in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 God took the shame away by raising Jesus from the dead. And he's also raised me. And he raised you from the dead. Don't walk around crying over your past. You can't change your past. I don't care what you've done. There's nothing you can do to change your past. But Jesus Christ, 
Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus has changed you. Hallelujah. Jesus has taken your sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. They will never rise to condemn you in the judgment. Now you are God's son. Now you are God's daughter. But then the last thing I saw this morning as I reflected over this scripture. Hallelujah. Amen. That the Lord wants us to look at today. As I looked at this scripture. Amen. And began to reflect on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord showed me, and and we know this, this is nothing new, but this is just what the Lord was pointing out to me. He showed me that now I have a story to tell. Of course, I've been telling this story now about 47, 50-something years, but I have a story to tell. Amen? You have a story to tell. Those women went from the tomb, went to the tomb looking for a dead body. They found that the Savior have been raised from the dead. Amen. Just as he said, the angel said then to them, now go tell. Somebody say, go and tell. Go tell tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee, that you will see him as he told you. Or there you will see him as he told you. So saints, you and I, on this resurrection Sunday morning, we have a story to tell. Amen. I'm not talking about a fairy tale. I said I'm not talking about a fairy tale. I'm not talking about something that's just written on the pages of a book. I'm talking about the account of the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You and I have a story to tell. Amen. Like the women that received the message that morning. One account said they ran to go back and tell his disciples. We need to get in a hurry and tell this story. Why is this so important for us today? Well, the Bible says the laborers are few. That means there are not a whole lot of people telling the story. We got to get beyond thinking you got to have a title of minister or elder to tell the story. Every one of us has a story to tell about Jesus. Amen. We don't just need to tell that he brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. But we need to tell the story that he is no longer in the tomb. That God raised him from the dead on the third day morning and that he lives, hallelujah, and that he ever lives to make intercession for you and me. We've got a story to tell. We can no longer keep this to ourselves. Amen. We cannot keep silent about the story. We have to tell it everywhere we go. In fact, we've been charged to tell this story. The Bible says, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. We still have that commission. Hallelujah. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, Bishop, we're proud of you. Amen. Because of the work that you're doing. And I wanted to say, don't be proud of me. I'm just doing what the Lord has commanded me to do. 
Hallelujah. Sometimes we look at and we marvel at people, amen, who are witnessing and winning souls and going on the mission field. Don't marvel. We're just doing what God has told us to do. And it's time for the rest of us to catch on to this story and begin to tell the story. You may not go to Africa. You may not go to Asia, but you can go to Walmart. You can go across the street. You can tell your neighbor about the resurrected Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We've got a story to tell. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, amen, we are witnesses of these things. I wasn't there when God raised Jesus from the dead, but I remember that day when I accepted Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. I don't know about you, but I can tell you the day and I can tell you just about the hour when Christ came into my life because I remember, hallelujah, I am a witness of what God did in my life. Can anybody understand what I'm talking about? You've got a story to tell. I remember that second Sunday in September about 1964 when the preacher took me into the water of baptism. Glory to God. I remember the fifth Sunday in July about 1975 when I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I've got a story that I've got to tell. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. The problem with us is that we don't know when and many of us don't know where. Glory to God. I remember where I was. Hallelujah. On that Thursday night after the fifth Sunday in July. In 1975, I remember sitting on the back seat of the choir when the Holy Ghost took control of my life. Hallelujah. I've got a story that I've got to tell. I'm like Peter. I can't keep it to myself. Hallelujah. I've got to tell it everywhere I go. God, give me an opportunity and I tell this story because God raised Jesus not just on that Sunday morning, but one day he raised Jesus in my life and Jesus raised me from the dead. Hallelujah. I was dead in my trespasses and my sins. But now, but now, but now, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Since we have a story, we have a story that we must tell. Hallelujah. Jesus has taken our shame away. Hallelujah. He's taken it away. He's taken it away. He's delivered us from our tombs. He's delivered us. Hallelujah. And celebrate. And every day, you're forgetting that you need to be telling this story. That's why the Lord saved us. That's why he did all of this for us. Amen. That's why he did it. So that you and I now uh, have become his witnesses. Hey, 
Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. You got to tell the story. It all pushes us to the point of telling the story. You can't afford to be quiet. You cannot afford to be quiet about this. You can't be ashamed of the gospel. If he's taking all the other shame away, then there is no shame for the gospel. Tell it. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God under salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. We're Gentiles according to the flesh. But we have a story now that we've got to tell. Just think, if we took this commission seriously and everyone sitting in here just went out and started telling the story about the resurrection of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done in our lives, just think of how many people we could reach with the gospel. This thing. This thing. So this is not just something for us to come and celebrate about on Easter Sunday morning, but it's something for us to live out every day of our lives as we reflect on what God has done for us. Has God done these things for you too? Think about stuff you've done in your life. Think about what you've been through. Think about when the devil had you shut up. When the devil made you feel like there was no hope in your life. Some people sitting in here right now have contemplated suicide because of what the devil was doing in their lives. Some people have walked around down and depressed and feeling like there's no reason to live because of what the devil was doing in your life. Some of us have walked around in shame. Maybe you're proud about your sin. I ain't never been proud about my sins. I thank God I grew up in a time when the church wouldn't let you be proud of your sin. And we don't realize it, but we're in a dangerous place now because we don't want the church to talk about sin. But Jesus, but Jesus. You see, saints, you don't know that driving 75 in the 55 zone is against the law until you see the sign. Maybe somebody have to show you. Anybody ever been stopped because you missed the sign? Driving down the interstate and you miss when the speed limit drops. Then after a while, you see some blue lights shining behind you, flashing. And you say to the man, I didn't see the sign. He said, but it was there. It wasn't, it's, not the, it's not the highway patrol's responsibility to show you the sign. Now, God has sent preachers to tell you the signs. He's given us his word so we can see the sign. Now, if we die in our sin, that's up to us. But we don't have to do that. We don't have to live in shame. Shame will have you feeling, and that's what the devil wants you to do. God wants you to get past that so he can use you 
for his glory. To tell a dying world that he still saves. He still heals. He still delivers. He'll put wind beneath your wings. He'll make you, he'll have you get your groove back. I'll give you a new groove. You don't want the one you used to have. I want a new groove. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Because you get the one you used to have, you'd be back in the nightclub. <laughs> yeah, you have those cigarettes up in your mouth and that beer and that liquor. You don't want the one you used to have. No, no, no. You want a new groove. That's a sermon right there in itself. God, give me a new groove. Today, think about, reflect on what the resurrection means to you. And let the Lord give you a new hope. Stir your joy. You know, When I think about this, sometimes, sometimes when it comes to, to church and, and us in, in, in the church, we can get kind of sideways with people. You know, and you get thinking about people, you know, folk get sideways or turned upside down. But the resurrection supersedes all of that. The joy of what Jesus did takes me beyond your sidewaydness. It makes me love you anyhow. You know, because the, the resurrection just gives you so much joy that I can see you in your mess and still love you. I can know that you've been talking about me. I can still love you. It don't matter. You know, I don't live to be offended by people talking about me. Talk. I'm glad I give you something to talk about. But change to talk about me and talk about Jesus. You know, what I'm saying is we get sideways by folk in church when our focus should be on the resurrection and all that it means to us. And, it, and, and, and then it'll show us how to love each other right. So we're not always getting sideways with people. The resurrection of Jesus. It'll make your home life better. Oh, yes. It'll make your personal relationships better. It'll make things on your job better. Just reflect on it. It makes life better when you think about it. So many times I've quoted to myself, that scripture in Hebrews. Consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against him. Especially when people used to sing that song, I came up on the rough side of the mountain. I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. Y'all ever heard that song? You know, that's, that's the best side to come up on. Don't you know that? That's the easiest side to come up on. When you're coming up on the smooth side of the mountain, that's the rough side. That's the difficult side. But when I hear that song, the scripture has come to my mind. Consider him who's endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest you be weary and faint in your mind. You've not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin. I haven't shed any blood. That's why 
You know, when things happen in my life, I stop and reflect. I'm still living. I'm still here. Yeah, things hurt, but I'm still here. I'm still living. You know, I'm not yet resisted unto blood, striving. That's what Jesus did. He died. And if God could raise Jesus, he can raise you.